Okay, it's my turn. I'm on a blue space, so I'll roll a die to see where I land. Matt, 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 you can't just roll a die. I can. No, no. I read this thing that says that most supposedly random die rolls aren't actually random. They're influenced by force, trajectory, all kinds of predictable, measurable factors. <sighs> I'm sure it's fine. It's not fine. We have to ensure complete randomness to make the game fair. That's why I've invented this. What is that? It's my new randomization machine. It looks like a washing up bowl with a ladle stapled on? On the outside? Sure, but inside, there's a variety of complex machinery that will guarantee a completely random result. Hip, drop your diam. Okay. Four. Okay, one, two, three, four. That's a green space, so I draw a card. At random. You can't put cards in there, Patrick. They're already shuffled. Not well enough. Chuck them in. Patrick, you've completely mangled it. I can't eBay this as mint now after you say it's lightly used. It's random though, innit? Come on, read the card. Buried treasure, choose a player at... At... Random. Get in the bowl, Matt. Let's go. Live from the Treehouse Board Game Cafe in Sheffield, UK, you're listening to the Treehouse Podcast. I'm Matt Turner. I'm Patrick Lickman, and our guest today is Treehouse Game Guru, Jenny Garner. Today on the show, we become demigods in Dice Forge, make new friends with two-player games, and get into art appreciation in news. That's all this month on the Treehouse Podcast. And welcome to the Treehouse Podcast for March 2019. I'm here, of course, with Matt Turner, my co-host. Hello, Patrick Leakman. How are you? I'm all right. I've, uh, it's been a, it's been a busy old month. I know. I haven't seen you in two weeks' time. You've been off in the moon, haven't you? I have. I've been. I've been on the moon. <laughs> yeah, you've been off, in, off with your space friends. Yep. I've been. I've been in space helping astronauts get back home, uh, and you've been here. Helping people find their games, yeah. as, as you do every day. I feel very terrestrial now. Yeah, but you're a superhero in your own way, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many, many ways. Also a superhero in her own way uh, is our guest today, Jenny Garner. Hi, it's me. I'm back again. Welcome back. Our Thanks. first our first returning guest. Because I'm twice as good as everyone else. And, and, and also, <laughs> also, you live in the house. I do live in the house. <laughs> I live in treehouse. Tree I live in the treehouse. Tree you do. You're easily on call, so we pull you aside whenever ah, we need. Very nice. I nibble on the beetroot floor while everyone's away. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do on this show? I completely forgot. We've forgotten how to do the show. Um, it's been so oh, long. You've been on the moon oh, too long. I know. Yeah. I know how it works. All right. Um, we talk about um, uh, games. Oh, Board yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Interesting. But at first, I'm sure we do something else. Mm. I think we might want to talk about the events that have been going on in the treehouse in the previous month. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So cast your minds back to last month, listeners, um, when we told you all about a new event that was going to be going on. 
um, and that is the speed friending event. That's right, the speed friending, uh, where the idea is it's it's like speed dating, except not awful. Uh, you Far know. less pressure. Yeah, yeah, much more like bearable. Yeah, a uh, pleasant environment. And indeed, it was. We yeah. just pulled out a bunch of two-player games that we thought would would work for the uh, for the format. You got twenty minutes to play your game, and then you move on and meet a new person. Uh, and it yeah. was great. It was absolutely brilliant. It was really nice. Everyone was lovely. Really nice crowd. And then they all they all they all hung out for a good chunk of the evening after playing lots of lovely games. Yeah. And, uh, and then once we closed, they all went out for a lovely drink together, which bodes well. Absolutely. Very much so. And that's really like that's my absolute favourite thing to do in the in the cafe with any of our events. Like the goal for me is building groups that will then you know uh, become a bit larger than just their their obligations to the to the to the cafe you know yeah. do, i mean do come back and play at the cafe obviously yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. naturally uh, but, but <laughs> what i love is is, is building little communities yes, that absolutely. will extend beyond that we've got a lovely brand new booking system which gives uh it's most of the information you lovely folks don't necessarily need to know but what you do need to know is that now if you make a booking with us and give us your email then customers can control their own stuff so if you like i'm at the wrong time i need to be there at three not two o'clock yeah you don't have to ring us and i mean lord knows it's awful to have to ring anywhere and be like oh can nobody I? wants to speak oh, to a human i changed my thing yeah Talking to people, bad, yeah. bad and scary. Don't yeah. like it. You get what? a little form in an email, and you can essentially request for that to be changed, and that will be add more up. people, take people off, and and then that will just automatically update on our end as well. Yeah, yeah. It'll, be, it'll be. I think it'll be like sent through for approval on the actual booking thing, so we don't need to like worry about that sort of thing. Yeah. and you're you're all good. Um, and uh, you can all do do all of that as well as give us your email for such um adjustments over on the uh, on the widget. Uh, for yeah. when you would normally book at treehousechefield.com. All right. So uh, with that out of the way, shall we move on to our first topic? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Let's this become is our... gods. All right. All right. Jesus. Sorry, uh, I thought that's what we were here for. I yeah, mean, we're ascending. I thought we were going to perform the ritual. Well, I mean, let's talk about Dice Forge first and then see where that takes us. Okay, cool. Now, now listen up, Patrick. You mentioned this dice forge i did what is what is this dice do you forge dice you literally do jenny <gasps> and let me tell you all about it uh dice forge is a brand new game that we've got in the uh, in the cafe library that you can uh, take a look at it is a dice building game and and what i mean by that is you will have uh, uh two dice always only ever two you don't get any more they're big sort of chunky dice uh with different faces that show different uh, uh, options for resources that you can gain over the course of the game. Gold or points or um, shards of the sun or shards of the moon um, because the game has a sort of celestial theme that we'll, we'll come on to. Uh, but these, fi- these faces are interchangeable. You can lever them off and replace them with new upgraded faces. Ooh. And let's talk about the fact that this game is engineered to hell and back or to heaven, in fact, um, yeah. uh, where you... You use the new face that you you buy a new face for your dice, and you can use it to lever off the so, previous face, and it pops off so satisfying. It really mm. does. And then you thunk it back on, and you can roll away as uh, to your heart's content. This it's, is a the pieces are very ergonomically considered, aren't they? The the they're satisfying to hold in a hand. Yeah, absolutely. And and the fact that you like it's always a, a fair dice roll because of the way that they've they played with the the, the edges yeah. there um the, the corners i should say yeah and the, the slightly larger than life 
They're so nice, I think. The They're dice nice. are absolutely my favourite part of it. The dice are lovely. Everything has been, like, engineered within an, an inch of its life. It's Everything's got little slots, because there's a lot of pieces to this game. We'll get into that later, but... Mm. Um, Everything's got its own little kind of levery slot, something to put your finger under to pick it out of a, uh, out of a, an area or yeah. or what have you. Every card has a little indent into the board. Yeah, so you um, know exactly where everything everything has to go. Yeah, and we should explain it, the cards as well because the dice are just one aspect of the game. But you, when you roll your dice and you get your resources, you can spend them either on new faces or on special cards that give you uh, bonus powers. And the goal of all of this is to try and uh, score the most points uh, which your cards uh, add up to in the end. They do, and also you can get those on dice as well. If you're just like, yeah, screw the, the whole getting resources thing, I'm just going to cover my dice faces in, in points. Have that sweet, sweet green. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Delicious. Um, then you just, you, you'll just be rolling dice and seeing how much points you get. It would make for quite a boring game, but um, like, you know, you, you, you might take that tack and see what happens. Yeah. This is the thing though uh, with, with, with Dice Forge, which I enjoyed very much. We, we played a game um, and we used the, the introductory set, so that's all the cards that, mm-hmm. that are sort of recommended for a first time game. I would definitely like to play again and try the other the sure. other cards and see how it's different but even in that introductory set i could see a lot of um potential interactions between different cards there are threads Com- aren't there yeah complicated sort of uh, synergies that you could manipulate to your uh, to your advantage if you really wanted to absolutely there's an extra level of complexity that comes with choosing a face to add to a dice and then choosing which dice to add that face to. Yes, because you yeah. have two dice, and uh, I believe you were kind of uh, worrying about what to do about should you just make one really good die and one sort of, you know, uh, bad sort of die that you're not really bothering to upgrade. Because often you get a chance to re-roll a dice, roll one dice again, choose which dice you're going to roll, and roll it like four times. Yes, a, a minor blessing. Yeah, yes. and so like um, you can you can just bump up one dice to be absolutely amazing, give you all the resources you need, and then just roll that over and over and over again. And it gets... It, got some punch to it it's got some fun to it man yeah there are a lot of things i felt like we didn't even touch on like there's different you can buy a different kind of forge so instead of using gold to buy things you basically pump gold straight into points that's right none of us even looked at that tactic it goes along goes along this track and when you get enough uh, enough gold in your in your mind then you get a a pretty big bonus 10 or 15 points yeah Yeah, nobody nobody touched the forge in dice forge um um but yeah it's it i mean Think of it like a deck builder, really. Except you get to, like, it's a deck builder, except you get to focus your ire every single time instead of this one card that you keep drawing on two pieces of plastic. That's right. Um, Every single time you can go, oh, why do you keep rolling two single gold coins? Yeah, I've got, I've got six gold on this side, but you're not touching it. And, and, and you get to focus on that. And then as the game uh, continues, you get to sort of like uh, make that, Ire go away slowly. Yeah, because, because <laughs> yeah. You, you upgrade your dice slowly over time and you, you get better and better. Um, I will say, with regards to, to upgrading the dice, of course, your, your dice have like a base set, which, as you've pointed out, is just a single gold uh, on the yeah. majority of faces. So the majority of the time in the early game, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get two gold. Um, and the thing is, when you come to, to uh, replacing your, your faces and, and putting new ones on, yeah. one decision that I, I don't think has as much weight as maybe it potentially could is which face you're removing in order to, to put sure. a new one on. Yeah. 
for me at least, I don't know if this was the same for both of you, I was always just taking off a, a one gold. Oh, there's, all, there's, there's always enough crummy faces that you want to uh, like change out for, for better faces. And I can see why they did that for you know the balance of the game. It yeah. wouldn't work quite as well if you just had a, a single die. It's certainly a lot more exciting. But it does mean that when it comes to putting a new die face on you're always taking off one that you just is, is always going to be a, a single goal yeah i definitely i felt like so i i enjoyed playing it a lot more than i thought i would looking at the rules and stuff it was you, you were dreading it just looking at the rule book yeah like I, I i spent like 20 minutes trying to set it up the other day and just being like i just don't get it it's not a very well written or designed rule book no yeah but now that i've played it i look at it and I go oh no this does actually make a lot of sense but when you're looking at it without any of the information from the game it doesn't make sense i can see it feels definitely like a rule book that was made by the creators of the game after they'd already done a lot of iterations of it and this seemed the most the most mm. sensible one it's there's, there's a lot of setup for a 45 minute game oh, yeah, and um there are, and while it's always nice to get a lot of pieces in your game um when you open the box it feels very fiddly to set up it it, it will it, there's a barrier to entry which is how the dickens do i set this this damn thing up right yeah um like and the, the box has sort of specific slots for everything but the that's not necessarily a good thing because <laughs> because the the opening of the manual is not how to set up the game it's how to set up the box how to tidy yeah. this thing away when you once you're done basically yeah. yeah it's like how do you tidy this game when you first open the box and also how to tidy it up once you're done which is never mm. a good sign I, no i think of course the, the best games would be the ones that intuitively are, are easy enough to set up that you're playing faster but once you get going it does flow That's it true. does flow nicely it does flow but i i think like so what you said about always taking like one the one gold off the face yeah i think yeah i felt like i was halfway through the game when we finished i felt like i wanted to have another was it, it's only 10 rounds long and those 10 turns go really quickly and yeah. that's a factor of the best deck builders so it's fact that's a factor of dominion as well like mm. you always feel like you're just getting your engine going when you finish the game leave them wanting more is a a, a strong sort of um idea in, in deck builders yeah i uh, find that very frustrating you think so uh, yeah that personally that frustrates me a lot because i want to be able to appreciate the thing good made. thing I've made. I spent ages making it, and That's now true. I don't get to use it. Certainly more true in 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 Dice Forge than than in Dominion. But mm. the other side of that is there is a possibility that the game goes on too long, and and that you you just basically get sick of doing what is a fairly repetitive action yeah, roll the I dice definitely. at the start everyone rolls the dice at the start of everyone's turn so actually that's that's quite fun right you get it's it's sort of like i talk about we've, we've spoken about uh boats and blokes or port royal previously and on the on on the show um and that is a game where you're involved in other people's turns yeah you have a direct involvement on everything that everybody else does in this case, it's more like you're being entertained while other people take their turns. Yeah, you you yeah. you get to gain resources in a three-player game. You're getting two rolls of the dice before it actually comes around to your turn, and you get to roll them again, which means essentially your your resources increment. Yes. And over the course of that, you can start thinking, well, I can. Your your plans change every single turn, even if yeah. you didn't actually do anything. Yeah, um, and that's and that's fun. You know, like they could have got they could have said. Okay, uh, at the start of your turn, roll the dice for each player. You know, they could have made it... They It could easily have come to, it's your turn, 
do your things and pass to the next person. That's how a lot of games do things, and mm. and it it would have been less interactive, even though, or it would have felt less interactive, even even if you're just doing the same things, because you have no option to buy anything or change anything when you're rolling the dice. Yeah. Right. Um. But you, the fact that it's it's giving you something to do on on your opponent's turn is quite fun and it's quite nice. Um. But I do agree, it, it rushes through, it races through the game. Um. The the pace of the game is 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 pretty pretty intense. You're rolling a lot, and I think it's about the right length. Um, when it comes to it, though, yeah, I think maybe a, a couple extra turns would be nice. I wonder. I, think, I wonder. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think maybe up to fifteen rounds might be the the maximum limit. I think after that, it would be getting too long. But I think just that extra little bit to actually get something out of the thing you have made, think, because it can take so long getting the resources if you don't roll very well. Without getting too far into it, I think um, that it, the game would have to be uh, built very differently if we wanted to have the puzzle of remove the card, the, the tiles you've already put on, or mm. like remove a, an, a, like an integral part of, of uh, a multi-tiered strategy sort of yeah. thing, right? That 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 uh, puzzle you're looking for, Patrick, I think would 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 need a different game. Yeah. Um, and I I also worry often with deck builders. Uh, I, I got this with Mystic Veil. When you see someone else's deck going off, really popping, and and it's just really, really churning out those points, and you're like, ah, oh, mine hasn't quite gone off like theirs has. It's just a waiting game for the end of the game until someone else wins. Yeah. And you don't really feel like you can do anything about it because essentially it's like a trajectory, right? Yeah. You just you just kind of set your rocket up and you do your best to, to course correct just before it takes off. But at some point in the last three turns, it's just going to do its thing and you just hope for the best. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and that's what deck builders do. That's what this dice builder does. And I think it's probably about right for what it is. Yes, it's it's not perfect. Um, it is the fiddliest thing in the universe, and it yes. does, at least on the first turn, like the uh, first time, does take a little too long to set up. But playing it is satisfying enough. It is. And I recommend I recommend giving it a go if you'd like to uh, try something that's a little bit unique. If if the idea of building dice uh, entices you, and and why shouldn't it, frankly? <laughs> uh, then definitely come on into the cafe and, and give it a go. All right, moving on. Uh, let's go to our topic of the month. This is where we don't talk about any one specific game, but instead we talk about a variety of games. Mm. Uh, Matt, what, what would you uh, what would you like to bring to the uh, the table, as it were? This month we've just been through um, the the romance month, February. Oh yes. Um, and uh, I wanted to talk about two player games because I've seen a lot of dates this month. So I thought we might just. Too late. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you well, were inspired by the previous. I month. was. I was. Yes. I was inspired by people gazing, gazing lovingly into uh, into each other's eyes uh, at the start of the evening, and then by the time they'd finished um, that game of tack, they were scowling. Yeah, shouting so. at each other across the uh, yes. across the table. Perhaps we've learned some lessons from this month and from the speed friending as well. Picking oh, yeah. a list for that was. Uh, Quite a, quite a puzzle. Quite a puzzle for us. Yeah. So we can take what we've learned from the from the previous month and impart that wisdom to you. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess my my first question to you, Matt, is what kind of thing are you looking for predominantly when you're in a two player game? What am I looking for personally? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Depends on what situation I'm in. I think that can apply to the listeners as well. Okay. Let's imagine you're in Florida. Yes. You're hanging out with. Um, uh, Michael B. Jordan, famous yeah. famous actor. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, great guy, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and he 
has just eaten a huge burrito. Yeah. But you haven't. You're you're starving. Okay. You I'm, oh, he wouldn't buy me a burrito? Well, you, you didn't get there in time. Oh. You were late because your flight got changed. Okay. Oh. Okay. So um, in that case, I want something quick. You know, to tide us over. Yeah. So I can, I can just before my food comes, because I'll be ordering. Are we at the same restaurant still, or is it like? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. But like, they're coming up to closing time, and they're the the staff are kind of looking at you like, oh, don't order. You just came in. Don't you dare order. Okay. Well, in in which case, we'll I'll um I'll order uh, I'll 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 pop out timeline, because I haven't met Michael very. Uh, very much before at all. No, we've probably spoken on on, I think on, on tweet- MSN Messenger or something. Yes, yeah? yes. Um, uh, on the internet, and uh, I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, like, we play timeline for a little bit. Lovely little date game. Yes. Uh, and that's um, my first thing is dates, right? Um, you getting to know someone else. Uh, conversation getting kicked off by this game. Timeline is brill put events in order and talk about history i had timeline on mine as well uh, i think timeline might just be the best it like might, short two-player game might be the best date game i think that i've seen because go ahead mm, interesting i'm not sure if it's the best date game but that's because i've seen a lot of people that are like oh i hate trivia ones i don't know anything i don't want to embarrass myself in front of this new person it's that I'm true only just meeting. it's true that trivia is a kind of a sore spot sometimes because you know, it has that sort of, ooh, I'm an intellectual, I know all the things. That's my intellectual voice. That's very intellectual I voice. Thank the, you. the Battle of Hastings was in 1066. Yeah. This is why I'm... That basic all... history. <laughs> a very obscure fact. Yeah. No, but, but what I like about Timeline and what I try to tell people who look like they're going to shy away from, from trivia is you don't need to know the answer. That's true. What, what you're looking for is essentially an estimate, an educated Hazarding guess. A guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, uh, in Timeline, you don't need to know the date that these historical things happened you just need to know whether they came before or after something else and there is a subtle amount of strategy there as well for those people who want to find it where you can choose to put in your easier cards first so that uh, you know you get less cards later on or you can try your harder cards first when the uh, the windows are a little bit sort of wider you know mm-hmm. mm, absolutely That's what I tell people to do. it's it's very much like you know it is a game that will teach you more than it, more than the information it extracts from you, um, which I think is 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 pretty pretty amazing. But it, in a date game, you want to learn something about the other person, right? Do yeah. you think you do that with timeline? I believe so, yeah, because I think uh, people say things like, "Okay, so I know this was before that, mm. and that was around then." Yes. Right, and it's it never, and it doesn't have to be like. And I think the invention of the uh, camera obscura was in <laughs> eighteen. It just doesn't have to be that sort of thing, right? Um, it has to be like I think they were still using crossbows around the medieval time, <laughs> so that's a gun, right? So like. Just, <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I mean like yes. um, you can just make those guesses and the, and the pictures give you little cute clues I want to move on though okay um, to like okay date one went with Michael P. Jordan went really well okay, okay. we're now in a long term monogamous relationship okay. Jesus Christ okay. thank, we've, you, we've, thank you well done thank you he's a good catch I bagged a good one um, yeah. so we're now in a long term monogamous relationship and we want something that is going to keep challenging us um, uh, to get better than each other, but not like in a really competitive way. Oh, 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 oh! What is it, Patrick? Can we play Go? No, Matt. <laughs> Matt, can we 
Can you and Michael B. Jordan play Go, though? No, we can't. Oh. And I'll tell you for why. Oh, I love Go. <laughs> you love Go. And, and I know you do. And that's why we'll never be in a long-term monogamous relationship with each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, there were several other barriers in the way. Go. <laughs> so Go is a great game. I yeah. will not deny that. Okay. but Go, This is the, the ancient uh, Chinese game yes. of, of Go. The, the sort of black and white stones on the but grid. But much like um, chess... You'll never beat someone at Go who's better than you. Generally, I think that's true. And I, I see your point, like, especially with, with most abstract games, because by default you're on a level playing field, there is no randomness in an abstract game. There, there, there simply can't be. Uh, if you're playing somebody who's better than you, there is nothing to stop them just, just demolishing you. Yeah. But I'm assuming that Michael B. Jordan uh, is not very good at Go. Yeah. Or, or maybe hasn't played it very much. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to necessarily assume that, but in the Western world, not many people have played it, right? I hadn't played it very much before last year. Um, in fact, I haven't played it at all before last year. But what I really, really liked about the early few games of Go and what really got me hooked on it was the fact that every single time I played... First time I played, I knew the very basic rules, and, and that was that was it. I didn't know anything about opening strategies. I still really don't. But I didn't know anything about sort of the kind of way that you react to your opponent doing stuff. But every single time I played... I learned a little bit more. I got to understand the game a little bit more, and the people I was playing against did the same thing. So if you're looking for a game that you can play against somebody else with with high replayability, where each of you is incrementally learning as you play, I think that's really perfect, because assuming that neither of you are amazing at it from the very beginning, over time, you'll both develop on a roughly level playing field, and the game will change as you play. That's think, my that's my pitch for I think, I think that's pretty valid. Um, ha, like the, my, my, my worry with that sort of thing, and the reason I won't be playing with, with Michael, is that um, uh, is that I've seen a lot of couples and friendships go down in flames with things like Magic the Gathering. Sure. Where mm. two people are inseparable, they start playing a complex game at once, um, bo- both of them learn at the same time. They have this amazing chemical uh, thing where they're learning from each other's uh, things. And then there's a week between the next play session. Sure. And one of them has to go to work or, like, doesn't have the mental space to think about Magic the Gathering or yeah. Go or chess, right? Yeah. And the other one spends the entire week on <laughs> internet forums at work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> reading up on strategies or buying new cards calling me out like this i can't believe it (laughs) (laughs) i see what you mean somebody is inevitably over time at some point gonna get ahead of the other that that spirals it uh, unfortunately games that are that complex inevitably do spiral upwards it's an exponential level of complexity that you can feel left behind by what do you what do you think jenny with regards to a long-term relationship game something that you want high replayability on well uh i personally am quite a big fan of onitama Sure. Similar like a strategy style chess game, except yes. instead of each piece having a specific move attached to it, you have cards with the moves on them that any of those pieces can do. Yeah. And you use five cards per game and you swap them out. So everyone uses that you, you trade out those cards between the, the two of you across mm-hmm. the game and you get to use all of them. On a time um, beautiful game. It's right. really good. Really relaxing. Um, uh, unlike chess. Unlike chess. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and much shorter as well. I mean, a single game of Onatama is something like 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. But because you have all these different cards, you can just play a second game immediately after. And it'll be different. It'll be a whole new strategy. Yeah. There's one more game I want to talk about uh, uh, in terms of long-term uh, uh, jumping in, right? Right. And some people have, with their, their other half, or with a long-term friend or whatever, 
the the movie night, the game night, like we're going to take a night out of the week and just sit down and start doing this thing, yeah. right? Time Stories is mm. my pick for a wonderful game that will take you through a myriad worlds. Time Stories night will keep you busy for, yeah. for quite some time. Absolutely, it will. It's kind of a cooperative narrative game. It uh, is. Without going too, too in-deep to, to everything that goes on, there is a series of episodes that you can play, uh, and each of them tells a, an individual story, has a mission that you have to you have to go on. And it works well at two-player because it's cooperative, because you get to sort of discuss, and there's a lot of information to sort of pour over. Yeah. But... Uh, as well as the individual episodes, there is an overarching narrative that can be very satisfying if you play all the way through and you get some some surprises uh, along the way. You know those Netflix series where you've got basically the monster of the week, but then also there's the, the added little arc that goes over the top? It's got that vibe to it, except it's got this very unique thing in that... Um, to try, I'm trying to avoid spoilers here, but spoilers are a mechanic in the game. Yes. You are nice. you are groundhog daying your way through scenarios and knowing what's going to happen is part of the mechanics. So like you you can only play each episode once, but you like as you start to learn, you learn from your mistakes, you try again and you avoid the pitfalls and it is a glorious it's got a real narrative pop, a real a real kind of wow experience when you turn over that card and it tells you to do something you hadn't conceived of in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very quickly, uh, uh, I know that uh, I've already given one suggestion that everyone went, no, to, and you're, you're just going to do it again. I know it's not for everybody, but I really do think Twilight Struggle deserves more players. More yeah. people should play this quite long, r- relatively complex, and visually not the most you know, amazing looking game. Um, but it is incredibly exciting and tense and uh, can actually form uh, really strong bonds against uh, your, your opponent because... Everything that you do hinges on on what they do in this game of kind of Cold War, US versus USSR kind of uh, space race, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, political maneuvering. And it tells you a story and it teaches you about history. Um, Can I do some some overall honourable mentions for games I think that are worth checking out uh, for two-player games? Uh, Animal Upon Animal. Yes. Very nice two-player game. Nice and simple. Silly sort of stacking. Very silly stacking stuff. Great for kids. Um, Pick a Dog sort of very fast paced quite silly I think Fog of Love deserves a mention as well because that is uh, that is a game that is you are simulating a relationship we have to talk about Fog of Love again another time I think it deserves a an episode of its own at some point. Definitely, yes. I love Fog of Love. It's so pretty much. great. It's it's, it's 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 one of my favourite board games as art moments. But of course, uh, it's not just uh, down to the three of us here in in this room as to uh, you know decide the best two player games because there's so many. We thought we'd go around and ask a few more people in a, a brand new segment that I, I hope becomes a, a regular segment, which I'm going to call Tales from the Staff Cupboard. Otherwise known as we chase people round with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which I asked everybody, I asked them uh, a simple question and asked them to, to give me an answer. The question that I asked them was uh, if you were locked in a room with a stranger and you had to learn as much about that person as you could uh, within the course of a single board game, which board game do you choose? Should we hear what people had to say? I would love to. <laughs> So I think I would choose a cooperative game, maybe Pandemic, good old classic. Uh, Just find out what that person is like in a stressful situation. Can we work together? Will uh, they just, I don't know, go off on their own thing? Can they cooperate at all? That's quite important to me. I would want to know that. (laughs) 
Well, my, I'm gonna go with my instinct. My instinct is terraforming Mars. Because it's a long game, so by the end of the game you'll pretty much know whether you like someone or not. And it's complicated enough that someone has to actually want to play. Which I feel like if they don't want to play, they don't want to know you, so that's good. It's also a game where there's a lot of different directions that you can take a strategy in. So I feel like you could get to know a lot about a person through the course of the game. Yeah, um, if I had to pick one game, it would definitely be um, Guess Who? And it wouldn't be the traditional variant, it would be an alternative that was just recently taught to me. And it's where you have to guess something that isn't obvious, so you can't say anything that's objectively true. You have to say something that is subjectively true. So for example, um, would this person drink wine on a first date? Uh, people have to ask subjective questions, so they can't say anything um, that is objectively true. They have to reveal their own personality in order to explain why they thought this would be this way or that way. You get to find out if people have certain tendencies towards certain things. You can't do two-player D&D, otherwise I would do that in a heartbeat. But I think my answer is going to be Match Madness. Why? So, um, because uh, I think it's a fun game, it's very fast and appropriately silly, and I want to see what kind of person they are, because when I beat them, I will know if they get angry or if they accept their place. So you're definitely going to win. Probably, yeah. I've got, I've got a pretty high bar. The only person who's beating me at it is Gabs. So, I accept I know where I know where I stand. <laughs> Escape, um, Curse of the Temple. Yeah. Well, it's a cooperative game, but it's under time pressure, and there's a soundtrack that's like. So you put people under pressure. They have to work together. They have to make really quick decisions. So you can really quickly figure out who you can trust and who you can cooperate with, and who just can't deal with the pressure and just screams. Very good. And before I let you go, um, is there anybody in the cafe who's better than you at Match Madness? No. You're Nobody. I am the master. Okay. So that was Tales from the Staff Covered, uh, episode one, uh, a little mini podcast within this bigger podcast. Uh, if you have any uh, other suggestions for possible questions that we could pose to our lovely game gurus, uh, let me know and I will make it happen. Uh, next up, though, we have to talk about something very important, which is that we have an honoured guest, uh, Matt. No, you're not the honoured guest. I'm just, <laughs> no. I was going to say, I'm here. Every, yeah, you're always month. here. You're, yeah. you're not remotely honoured. Um, but, Jenny. Hi. You have brought in a game for us to have a chat about. What game have you brought us? I brought in um, another reasonably new addition to the cafe. It is... Uh, Muse. So Muse is uh Oh sorry, just traditionally we have to ask you. Oh okay, sorry. Jenny, what is Muse? Well, Matthew, <laughs> Muse <laughs> is a um a game similar to something like Dixit. Yeah. Uh, if if have we, have we discussed that before? Not on the podcast, but I imagine people will know Dixit. Yeah, they it's might. Pretty, if pretty... not, we'll we can talk about it. Well, I'll give you a rundown. It's basically it's a team game. You can be in uh, teams of uh, at least two people. You can be in two teams, or you can be in multiple teams. So there are quite a lot of you. This is Muse. Sorry, not Dixit. This is I, Muse. Yeah. This is Muse. Um, you have a uh, a huge set of masterpiece cards, which are all completely different works of art. Um, all sort of you know have strange things on them maybe they're like a dog pulling a face or like something flying like a whale falling through the air it's all different business yeah kind of nicely illustrated uh, uh, abstract art yes then you have a, a hand of, uh, of inspiration cards which have sort of uh, little sort of limitations on them for someone who basically the, the point of the game is that uh, the opposite team picks six cards 
uh, of the masterpiece cards and two inspiration cards and then gives a picture and an inspiration to someone on the opposite team who to is the muse the muse the person who has to give a clue based yes, on what they have the to give a clue does. based so, on the inspiration so they've been you've i've now been given as the muse mm-hmm. i've now been given an a piece of abstract art uh that is part of a, a set that I don't know what that is. Yes. And a limitation on how I'm trying to express that card to my team. And that yes. could that could be something like uh, name a location uh, or or name a, uh, a single verb maybe. Or, or a, 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 sorry, a number is a, is, a, is a good one as well. And yeah. a, a facial expression was a good one that yeah. I had the other oh, day. Oh, that's really mean. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. Um, so you have to try and do uh, give a clue for this masterpiece. With that limitation. In that style. In that, and, and, then, uh, and then the rest of your team has to guess. And then the rest of the team has to pick that, that one out of the six cards put in front of you. And the real stroke of genius for Muse, I think, is that the Muse, whoever's giving the clue, they get to see the card that they're obviously using as a prompt. But what they don't get to see are all the other five cards that the players will have to guess from. Yes. Which means you don't actually know, you, you don't have a way to differentiate from, from uh, what's, what's going on. So, for example... I will give my my one and only round of muse as a as a an excellent example. <laughs> I was the muse. I had to uh, uh, give a number to give people a clue uh, of a picture. I believe it was a picture of a book. Uh, there were some other things going on, but the the main component was a book. And I thought, well, books uh, and a number of a book. Uh, well, what about Douglas Adams? He wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy 42, right? The, yeah. the answers to life, the universe, and everything. Sure, yeah. A fine clue. Somebody around the room, uh, somebody around on my team will, will get that. Yeah. And so we deal out the <laughs> we cards. Did. Yeah, well, we deal out <laughs> the cards. Um, and next to my picture of a, a book, unseen by me, there is a picture of a whale falling out the sky, <laughs> which is a vem- very memorable moment in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> and so everyone goes, easy, it's got to be that. Yeah. That's yeah. so specific. And so so I yeah. remember, I remember Ruth, who'd given that that those those two two cards over to you, was like, oh, when when you said forty two, she was like, oh no, they've got it. Yeah, having too not easy. seen, well, she had seen the whale, but hadn't put the, t- that two and two together. Yeah, whereas we immediately did. Um, yeah, it's uh, it does kick it along with Dixit, doesn't it? It's sort of like that. Um, the the idea that you have to straight faced from only what you see on the card give. A prompt yeah and yeah. you're not gonna see the cards it's gonna be compared along with yeah uh, and that's true of dixit and that's true of this game um i think if you've played dixit and you enjoyed it um uh it's very similar except it's, it's certainly worth a go except for it's got a party vibe yeah that's what i like about it you can give it to much larger groups and uh get that sort of uh, arty inspiration thing going like so often there's like a big family with like eight people or something and I can't give them Dixit because it doesn't go up to that many people yeah. it, it this is perfect it definitely works with, with larger groups because everybody has a hand in, in every round and yes. either you're the muse you're the you're the guesser or you're the uh, dastardly opposing team who are, yeah. who are giving out the clues absolutely I wouldn't necessarily give it to a group larger than eight uh, because sure. the, mm. because those roles are relatively like unstructured like you just choose who's going to be the muse each round and and, yeah. and and you can rotate that but also it means like everybody else on the team acts as a single entity when in, in games like that when that happens inevitably above probably nine uh, people some people will will uh 
fall out of it basically yeah they, they will they will get... become less involved and, and maybe have less fun as a result which is always a bit of a danger yeah well but then you can have four teams rather than having you could have you know four that's... teams of two rather than having two teams of four that's very true you can you can have multiple teams in in that event how does that work when uh uh uh, somebody's choosing the cards. Is I it... believe it is the team to your left. So the next team basically is the one. Okay. So so that's that's one solution. Obviously, at that point, then you have two teams that aren't doing anything. Getting a pint or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but but that's not necessarily the worst thing no. in a party vibe. You know, you yeah. don't necessarily have to have everybody there sure. all the time, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's I think the best thing for it is if you've enjoyed Dixit already. Um, if you haven't, go and play it. If you f- find yourself uh, in amongst creative friends, then it's a it's a, a Dixit it's a wonderful little game yeah. uh, with wonderful wonderful art um, that everyone needs to have seen um, but um, Muse has the same vibe it's same with Mysterium right it's all these like it, it's basically art interpretation the games right yes. and it's like yeah. a series of games about art interpretation and uh, I, I genuinely believe that, they're, they're, that it's a wonderful uh, concept um, for all three um, uh, and do try them out absolutely I think it's definitely worth worth a good old look yeah, I would actually think maybe about giving this to, to smaller groups as well. I think uh, unlike uh, unlike Codenames, for example, which is obviously a big team-based party game, so yeah. it has that uh, relationship, I wouldn't necessarily want to give te- uh, Codenames to a group of four. Mm. I think yes. a group of four could definitely handle Muse uh, uh, fairly easily yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and, and uh, be a little bit more, more intimate in that way. That said, I'd... If they were looking for an art interpretation style game, uh, uh, maybe four to six people, I'd probably almost always go for Dixit first because sure. I, I think it's a bit of a purer concept uh, uh, of, of you know, gameplay. Um, it uh, is. Uh, I think... with, the, with the exception of scoring, which can mm. be a bit fiddly, mm-hmm. I think Dixit is incredibly, like, easy to explain. Yes. Like, yes. What's, what's going on at, at, each, at each moment. And I've had, you know, people who, who um, have had trouble with other games get Dixit very, very easily. And that's, yes. and I think that's 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 uh, very fair. I just, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I just sometimes feel that I see people go and pick up Dixit, and they are looking for for a party vibe. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You see people who are drinking slightly heavier, or like you know, just sort of in that party zone and then you get the game and it's a great game Dixit is fantastic fun but it's a little introspective and it's a little yeah. thinky um, mm. it, has, it has some party elements insofar as like there's lots of talking around the game yeah. you know, it's, very, yeah. it's very social but I can see what you mean it's not for heavy drinking kind of like uh, everybody's feeling a bit silly I think yes. it's the challenges right that's the big big deal of this game yeah. is the challenges the those uh, inspiration cards as they were yes. like Watching someone pull a stupid face is an event more than uh, someone telling the Dixit story. Yes. You know, coming up with their story to describe the card they're about to put down and then everyone puts in a card that they think matches it, that story. Um, like, these inspiration cards give you an excuse to do something radically um, undecipherable. Yeah. And I think part of that is... Um, it breaks the meta game of Dixit, you know? So if you have enjoyed Dixit, then I think this is a great game to sort of break that up. A little Absolutely. Bit. Plus, I found this week, weirdly, I've had a lot of people asking for uh, a team game for them so they can do, like, boys versus girls or kids versus adults. I think this is a really good one for that. And plus, like, it's so hard to find ones of those that aren't trivia-based. Yes, mm. that's So true. many team games are trivia, and this is a really nice different team game fits, to look uh, at. fits into our, our repertoire quite nicely yes and it doesn't it's for all ages 
it's not limited by a language as much as a lot of trivia and team games are, I think. So that's Muse. Uh, bring in uh, all the family. Why not? Yeah, do it. Bring in the, the uh, all of the extended family. 50 of you can come and play Muse. No, no, no that's you, too many people. You, you think so? I think that's too many I people. I think you can play Muse with 50 people. Yeah, what, 10 teams of five? Five teams of 10? Uh, 10 teams of five. Okay. <laughs> they all have to say everything once. That's right, yeah. Or they all get kicked out of the class. Yeah. <laughs> what are we on about? <laughs> Thank you all for, for uh, indulging in our, in our nonsense this month. Uh, we'll be back with more nonsense next month. Um, in the meantime, if you want more content from us, you can take a look on our, our website where we have a blog. Uh, I am putting up a blog about my recent events on the moon. Um, if you'd like to go and take a look at that uh, and find out what on earth I'm talking about, uh, you can you can take a look there. I'm that's, not going to tell you here. That's you have where to go this look. is posted as well. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, you just go to the next page and that's, that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Jenny, for coming along again. Thanks. It was very nice to be back. It was our, it was our pleasure. Uh, and we'll see you all in... Uh, April. April. <laughs> April is the month. Patrick. What would we do without you, Jenny? I don't know. You'd have you'd have just you two <laughs> shouting at each other on a podcast. Yeah, probably. All right, like, bye. Like that time we tried to play Go. <laughs> <laughs> bye. You've been listening to the Treehouse Podcast, featuring Matt Turner, Patrick Lickman, and Jenny Garner. The producers were Matt and Patrick, and the theme tune was by Custom Phase. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and nobody else.